Welcome to the Leadership Antidote Podcast. Here's your host, Dr. Kim. Hello, everyone. I hope your week is off to a fantastic start. So I wanted to jump on here um, and talk about a conversation that I had recently. I've had it consistently with other organizational leaders, but what sparked me to come on here was a conversation I had with a really good friend who is in corporate America. Um, and she did a little bit of the consulting side and now she she stays primarily in-house with, with one organization. And we were talking about how ineffective um, consulting firms can be when it comes to addressing employee engagement, right? So organizations bring in consulting teams and they spend all this money. And then a year later with the follow-up, engagement is still down and employees are just as dissatisfied or more dissatisfied than they were before. And she said to me, she said, Kim, why does that happen? And I said, because it's more than just coming in and identifying the problem, you have to be able to speak truth to what is actually happening in the organization. And that's where my coaching style is a little different, right? I'm not hired to tell an organization or to tell the leadership what they want to hear. I'm hired to genuinely identify the problems and work with getting everyone on the same page to resolve them. So when that happens and organizations do their follow up assessments and they find that people are still dissatisfied or even more dissatisfied and engagement has not improved, usually a light bulb goes off in someone's head and they say, oh, well, let's let's create an in-house coach position. So if you've read any of my books, you know that I'm big on definitions. It's no different with this podcast. So let me back up and give you a few definitions because we hear so much about coaching. What is coaching? Coaching is helping healthy people move forward. Keyword, healthy. I can't tell you how many times I get someone on a discovery call with me or they catch me after a speaking event and they want to sign up for services because coaching is the answer for me. So we go into, after they sign the agreement, we go into a little bit of what's going on. And I look at them and I stop them And I say, you know, coaching is not a substitute for therapy. It sounds like you would genuinely benefit from therapy because what I'm hearing is there is something that has you stuck in your past and it's stuck too far in your past. Therefore, it's beyond my scope as a coach to continue practicing. Why don't you go see a therapist? We have comparable rates. So if you were going to invest in a coach, I encourage you to go invest in a therapist. Invest in a therapist, work through those issues. And then when you feel ready, then come back to me and let's let's talk about going forward as a healthy version of you, right? I'm very transparent about my burnout experience and you'll often hear me say, it took six months of therapy and then six months of coaching before I was able to get to a place where I could really appreciate coaching. One of the reasons I have a 98% success rate is because I can spot readiness for coaching. Everyone is not coachable. Let me say that everyone is not coachable. If your goal for hiring a coach is a venting session, 
Let me explain to you, that's not going to be an efficient use of your time or your money. That is not what coaching does. That's what therapy does. That's not what coaching does. Coaching helps to ask you questions. I don't tell you to do anything. That's a consultation. Usually I do organizational consultations, and that's a whole different price structure than individual coaching. Individual coaching believes at its core that your answers are within. And my job as a coach is to ask you questions, listen to your responses, ask you more questions until you begin to identify what your obstacles are. A quality coach, and here's how you tell a quality coach from the ones that get certifications from Joe Barbershop College. Quality coaches ask powerful questions. That is our job. That is our role. Coaching is a is a billion dollar industry, but quality coaching, quality coaching asks you questions and it trains you how to ask yourself those healthy questions, those powerful questions that you've A, either been afraid to ask yourself, B, not known to ask yourself, or C, wanted permission to ask yourself. You know what the answers are. I can't tell you how many really successful people are afraid to sit and ask themselves the hard questions. That's what coaching does. So when these organizations decide to create an in-house position, what do I mean by that? I'm referring to a person who is hired, usually full-time, by the organization to function as a coach within the organization. All right, so now that we have those definitions out the way, let me explain to you why I take issue with in-house coaching, right? Um, Number one, it creates a conflict of interest for the coach and the client. From the very beginning, it creates a conflict of interest for the coach and the client. Here's why. So as a coach, right, we, we, we are taught to follow Let me rephrase that. As a quality coach, (laughs) we are taught to follow the standards of the International Coach Federation. If you went through uh, any formal certification programs and they were not held to the standard of the International Coach Federation, you need to ask some questions, right? Or you need to find a program that holds you to those standards because the International Coach Federation or the ICF is the gold standard of coaching, right? So, The gold standard of coaching, they have their code of ethics. And the first section speaks exclusively on our responsibility to clients. A critical aspect of our responsibility to clients is confidentiality. Confidentiality. Once you decide that you're going to establish a coach-client relationship, when you're an in-house coach, Who is your client? Is it the individual sitting in your session or is it the organization as a whole? Because depending on how you answer that question, can you see the conflicts of interest for either the individual or the organization? If you report to HR, I got to call you out on that. I got to call you out on that. And we're going to go into why that's a problem a little later. But understand how that impacts 
the relationship that you have with the very people that you're supposed to be charged with coaching. When you're blurring the lines about who is your client and who are you responsible to, understand that you have a conflict of interest before initiating the coach-client relationship. You have one before you even initiate the relationship. We're supposed to be extremely mindful of conflicts of interest before we initiate the relationship. If you insist on initiating the relationship, at what point will that conflict of interest end? The answer is never. So long as you remain an employee of that organization in that coaching capacity, that conflict of interest never ends. And so, yes, I get it. Legally, you can go around and you can say, well, as long as I establish the conflicts of interest and parameters about confidentiality and yada, 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 yada. But who's going to trust you? (laughs) Is the employee really going to trust you? My clients trust me. Trust is a critical component of a solid and healthy coaching relationship. But most importantly, it's vital for an effective coaching relationship. When you coach in-house and you work for the organization, you run into the risk of coaching being used as manipulation or punishment. And that brings me to my reason number two, why in-house coaching is not the best idea for organizations. How can you truly operate with the best interest of your client in mind? As a coach, I am only as good as my, my, my last client, right? So as long as my clients are successful and they're happy and they're shining and they're doing what they're, what they're created to do, I can check that off as a success. So understand that I am extremely selective about my client base, right? Because I'm only as good as my last client. So sometimes, because I care about the ultimate best interest of my client, sometimes you have to have a hard conversation about whether or not they are in the right space, whether or not their talents are being used effectively. What do you do as an in-house coach if you're working with someone and you realize, oh, this is a mismatch? And mismatches are not necessarily a bad thing if your primary responsibility is to the individual sitting in front of you. It's a terrible thing (laughs) if you view your client as the organization. But if you're focusing on the individual sitting in front of you and your job is to maximize their potential and their abilities and ultimately their performance, then mismatches aren't necessarily a bad thing because that's when you can go, well, I don't know if this is the right fit for you. What is it that you really want to do? And then proceed to develop a coaching program around helping that person navigate that process. Okay. Number three, In-house coaching is also a bad idea for the individual coach. Here's why. Because as a coach, our clients are reliant upon us to create an impartial perspective. That's how we're able to ask the hard questions. We have nothing to lose or gain during our sessions. Quality coaches recognize that if I am immersed in the culture of the organization, how can I take a step back and ask quality questions that are going to help the individual? You can't. 
You can't. And so when the coaching is done within that context, it can actually become a burden for the coach. And a burned out coach is an ineffective coach. All right, so number four, we're almost wrapping up. I only have five. In-house coaching is a bad idea because it tends to be primarily focused on performance improvement and retention. Now, performance improvement and retention or high engagement shouldn't be the primary goal of coaching. When done right, performance improvement is a byproduct of quality coaching. It shouldn't be the primary focus. Here's why. With my clients, I approach them from the perspective of you are an incredibly talented human being, worthy of doing great things, capable of doing extraordinary things. And I see my purpose as helping you to tap into that. Sometimes it's reminding you of that and then helping you to find ways to operate at that level of excellence that you were designed to operate in. So what do I do? I coach holistically. I look at how are you navigating different aspects of your life in order to lay the foundation for success. Because if you focus on performance only, yet other aspects of this individual are wasting away or incredibly corrupted, it's the equivalent to building a beautiful and intricate sandcastle. The slightest tragedy too much pressure, too many waves, it's gone. It's gone. So it's really important to remember not to just stay focused on performance, which is what a lot of organizations want. And the final reason why in-house coaching is not a great idea, coaching should be approached from the mindset of, I am investing in the growth of my people. Not, I need to figure out ways to save costs because that creates a very harmful cascade effect. If the coach decides my commitment is to the individual and perhaps these individuals are not in the right environment or they are not a good fit for this environment and I coach them or adhere to the code of ethics of the International Coach Federation and identify my primary responsibility as being to the clients, my number one goal isn't just to save the organization money, right? Because then I become no different than HR, which is not what I'm there to do. So I hope this sparked some conversation. If this was something that made you think, feel free to get in touch with me. I'd love to speak with you more about it. Um, If you think that I can be of help to your organization or to your employees, definitely reach out. Just wanted to jump on here and plant some seeds and go back to your organization, share it, have this conversation. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, share, and comment. You can also head over to www.drkimhires.com to learn about additional ways to connect with Dr. Kim. Join us next time to get another dose. Thanks for listening.